and welcome to another episode of Yala. <laughs> is that how he does it? Is that how, yeah, yeah, how Haresh yeah. does it? <laughs> that's how I do it. That's how I do uh, it. I, I'm, I'm do playing it. the role of Haresh now uh, nice. in terms of introducing the podcast. So I always like to put our guest host on the spot uh, by not telling them that they are supposed to do the ba 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 And then I see how they do it. But not bad, not bad. You're yeah, fast, that means I, I'm a fan. That's why I, I listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but, but then you thought I was the one who was doing the, the Yala yeah, part. Yeah, right? I, I thought it was Harish. <laughs> mm, Harish, Harish is the... He, he loves to... Um, he loves the attention. La, so I always like, okay, <laughs> let him just bend on it. Or it's, I'll just say one word. I'll just put in one word. <laughs> uh, it's killing him right now that he's not doing this, actually. I know. Yeah, yeah, deep, yeah. Deep, either deep that or he's... Heart. Yeah, either that or he's like... Uh, super happy that you know making making people uh, miss him like, you know absence makes the heart grow yeah, like, after this episode I don't think people will miss him <laughs> anymore <laughs> yeah yeah that's what I was like it, yeah I guess it depends on how people are taking these guest host episodes but I'm, I'm pretty confident I'm confident that people enjoy this because uh, if I haven't introduced him properly yet and yeah I haven't it's actually we have one of our most beloved guests on oh. the show people uh, you know, someone that uh has appeared uh more than is it just once or more than once on Yalabad itself. Uh, once, but we've Yala also Bad. yeah we've also done uh a few podcasts together, uh called NFT with Bubble Tea. Uh, but this is the one and the only actor, entrepreneur, host, personality, fitness guru, uh, motivation man, family man, husband, loving father. The one, the only, Andy Chen. What? <laughs> Crazy. Andy I Chen can't do that Yalabad. introduction myself. The yeah, yeah, one yeah. and okay. only and currently unemployed, Andy Chen. <laughs> that's, that's the flip side of... That? uh. That's that? the flip side of doing what we do, like, right? We always feel like we are unemployed if we don't have yeah. a big project on the line or what. Like. But... Yeah. Um, but but speaking of that, actually, uh, mm. it, that's not the case for you. Like. You have a lot of things... Uh, on your plate that already have come out recently and also are coming out. But the crazy thing is that they are both sort of in the same space, right? Mm. And in case you all didn't know, I'm actually talking about uh, two shows that Andy Chen has uh, has featured in and will feature in. One is a TV series and another is a feature film coming out in, I think, in January, right? I believe. Yes, uh, 4th of January. Correct. And they are both around the same theme of uh, the MRT, the subway system in Singapore or in, in, in general, right? Mm. But can you talk a little bit about uh, the first one, which is Third Rail, which is already out on, on I believe, on MeWatch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The full series is out on MeWatch. I can, I can. But basically, yeah. like, the whole moral of the story is like, don't take an MRT with me la, right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, all shitty things will happen if, when MRT and Andy collide mm. um there's mm. two projects okay so we talk about third rail first right so third rail yeah. is a tv series uh there is 12 episodes and it's fully up on me watch right now uh mm. channel five there i think they are at ep six or seven if i'm not wrong okay. um so you can go watch that i recommend you watch the nc16 version which i have which... a link in my instagram bio NC... when you say nc16 you mean the yeah. online version no Online, there is a PG version and the NC16 oh. version. Yeah, oh, there's two versions of it. Uh. There's two versions of it. And oh. they are pushing the PG version la, because it's PG. La, right? yeah, yeah, but yeah, I personally yeah. only share the NC16 version Got because it. it's it's more shock. La. It's more shock. 
Can you give a, a example of, of what is NC16 and versus PG in the so, show? So there's a bit more uh, blood. They also took out a few mm. scenes um, that I think maybe was a bit too... I think they, they find too... I don't know, exciting, too, exciting. too much, like, intense, like, too intense, like, I would say. Yeah. But, uh, but what, what kind of scene is it? Are we talking like uh, love scene? Okay, because or... I didn't watch a PG version. <laughs> so from here, say from the rest of the cast and crew, is basically a lot of their blood, gunshots and mm. stuff like that. And then some of it, they took out some of the a few scenes la, where there are maybe more screaming and shouting and, and threats and stuff like that. La, which you mean, you mean vulgarities, is it? Or, mm, okay, so for uh, people who haven't watched Third, third Rail, it's basically the, mm. the premise is basically um, a group of hijackers took over uh, MRT and they are mm. basically like uh, Robin Hood terrorists la, and they took mm. over uh, uh, the MRT and basically what happens throughout the whole thing. Right, so uh, there are deaths and gunshots mm. and, and and you know negotiations and stuff like that going on in the in the scene so it's a yeah. bit of a psychological drama um yeah. yeah so the pg version is just a bit more toned down i see yeah. i mean i mean i i haven't watched it myself i will watch mm. it uh definitely as the holidays come around as when i have time uh but one i have seen the bts and the the previews of some of the previews of the show mm. and uh i think the the scale of the set and everything is has is unprecedented, right? For a media cop yep. show, yep. just I mean, we're talking about a literal tunnel being built to house mm. a uh, uh, prop MRT train, a real MRT train, right? Mm. And, and and a lot of CGI and effects being used to make a tunnel look much more mm. like a real MRT tunnel, right? Mm. Right. So basically, this is what attracted me to come back <laughs> mm, <laughs> because yes. it was a bit of a last minute job last minute job mm. for me uh, but the, basically they have the whole Changi exhibition hall uh, rented the whole hangar right where they put planes right so they yeah. built a full scale tunnel inside and mm. th that tunnel there's also an MRT that they actually transported over and placed inside the tunnel so oh, it's shit. basically the biggest set I've seen even uh, with feature films involved so this is a TV series mm. but the set wise I would say is the biggest even for feature films in Singapore so it's really very big scale and yeah. um, you can tell the budget is being stretched like mad la. the production mm. has been madness we have been shooting 14 to 18 hours every day wow. um, and the working conditions has been very very rough la. but I think mm. um, definitely this this series is a, a pioneering something and mm, and I think people know that and, and that's why people are willing to put in the effort. Um, yeah. So it's definitely something different. I think it's definitely worth uh, checking out. Yeah. Yeah. And to clarify, we're, mm. we're talking about a literal real MRT train that was used. Real right? MRT. So it's two carriages. We can't oh, bring carriages. in the whole thing, right? So two full carriages we, we put yeah, yeah, inside yeah. and we use it to basically replicate, you know, like train to Busan like that. Like every, uh, they use the same carriage for sure, but you make <laughs> it like, you shoot it like as if you have the whole train. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's roughly how how it's done. That's that's movie mm. magic, but I mean, really, the the idea of actually getting the real MRT train that's what really blew my mind. Because, uh, it, for people in the industry, I think one thing we all know is that it's really really hard to shoot like mm. in a in a real uh, MRT line. Because you think about it, like you only got what, uh, the MRT only really shuts for what six hours every day. Mm. So the the logistical difficulty of shooting an MRT mm. uh, tells you how how uh, what a huge task it is. Like, mm. I mean, I guess the the get around here was to literally can, get an old train, like, right? 
It is a decommissioned train. Can I use your platform and like rent a little bit? Of course, of course. Uh, always. This, this platform is about renting. This podcast okay. is about renting. I, I, I think I'm very, I'm very happy that we are taking steps to do productions like that, right? But this experience mm-hmm. also reinforced the, the, the problem that local support for, for, for our production is so low mm. that we couldn't even get an MRT station to shoot. Uh, see, yeah, see. and I think that's very sad, lah. If you ask me, because mm. we have so many MRT stations, right? Yeah. Like, why, why can't you just lend us one off hours or something? You know, like, mm-hmm. why, why is it so difficult? And I know the production team have tried very, very hard to get as much support as possible, and we did have um some support, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 I'm thank very thankful to our minister that helped us. But overall, I would say the support is is very low, lah, which made it very difficult. And I think that mm. is something that I really hope we can improve on, lah, because. Come on, it's our own staff. Like. Can we yeah, support our yeah. own staff a bit? Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, I think rent, rent over, rent over. No, I mean, it, 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 it's not exclusive to this project. I think uh, the last time when we had the filmmaker Anthony Chen on the podcast, that was something very similar that he voiced out as well. It's just, it's not about even about the money or even, or even about people coming to watch a show mm. or what. It's literally about like the difficulty of getting locations in Singapore to film. Like not yep. just the government, but people, they, you know, just they're mm. opening up their flats or opening up their, their whatever, their premises for filming. That's like really hard. It's hard in Singapore, mm. right? Very, very hard. Like. Yeah, it's like yeah. every time you shoot outside, you feel like you owe people money. Like, that. <laughs> like why like that? But you, if you're in th- yeah. like, when I'm in Taiwan, right? Mm-hmm. You just do what you want and people are usually very forgiving and they are very... Mm. Very happy to help uh, more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah mm. I've had, like, even when we were doing YouTube back in the day, we have literally have a permit from NEA or, or whatever to shoot inside one of the, in like Raffles, you know, in uh, uh, Raffles Place, that area, right? We literally have mm. a permit in on paper and everything, you know? Mm. But yeah, some random passerby will just call the police because yeah. they, I don't know, they're just not happy with what we're doing or what. <laughs> and, Literally, like, because, you know, I mean, when someone calls the police, they have to come and investigate. They will come in the middle of the day and just stop you shooting and just ask you yeah. what you're doing and they have to check your particulars, yeah. which is, you know, when you're in the middle of a shoot and then every minute yeah. counts, right? Like, yeah. having to stop your production for half an hour just for that uh, really disrupts things. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it happens so often. This, uh, yeah. I find it, yeah, like, it's, it's, is making it less and less fun to do a production in Singapore for sure. Mm-hmm. But how you're, you're, in terms of your role in this project, right? Mm, like, yes. what was challenging for you as a as an actor for this one? Oh, oh, I think I was very attracted to this character himself, which is his name is mm. John. He's basically the leader of the hijackers, but he's not a bad guy. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, sure. I feel like you know I always like the challenge of a a character that is like morally ambiguous. Mm, and I think mm, he kind of right. sits in the middle, like yeah, like you is he like right or wrong? It's does his yeah. uh intention actually justify his action? And mm. I feel like even I have to think twice when I'm reading the script. So I feel that that is quite that is quite challenging. Like and also because it, it was mm. a last minute job, so I only had a very short amount of time to get into the role and I learned the study the script and everything. And and he's a yeah. very important role. He carries a huge yeah. part, a huge chunk of the series. So there's also that responsibility that I was trying to live up to. La. So that was, mm. that was, uh, 
yeah, and I joined in the cast halfway. Um, uh, they already shot some in the front, so I was a bit worried about the chemistry and whether they'll be accepting. You know, like sometimes there's clicks sure, sure, and sure. stuff. But yeah. uh, the 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 cast has and crew has been amazing. Like, the the cast has been amazing. Mm, mm. Yeah, so shout so out to the third real family for for your research for their role because you're so last with it all. Do you like do method acting and just go and sit at MRT or take the train mm. in Taiwan? You know, just to oh. get a feel of what it was. I, I actually have been taking MRT in Singapore fairly fairly regularly when I'm in Singapore now because I don't have a car oh, in Singapore it? anymore. Yeah, so okay. I, MRT-wise, it's fine. And yeah, I mean, but it's not really about <laughs> MRT. I can't really method, method acting, acting <laughs> like by taking over a plane or something. <laughs> yeah, how to hijack something. Yeah, how to hijack something. Uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, overall, I've been working on my English. I don't know where that, mm-hmm. that, that, that helps. So yeah, overall, that, that's, that's that. Uh. That's fantastic. But um, mm. you know, the, the, the crazy thing is that it wasn't the first real related production that you were already working on. Because yeah. prior to that, there was actually, you actually had filmed something for a uh, feature film that is yep. finally, finally coming out yeah. in January. Yeah. And I say finally because I I, I know the, the a bit of the backstory because I actually know, uh, you know, the, the, one of the producers and, and the, the director mm. of the of this show. Mm. And this show is uh, Circle oh. Line. It's, the, it's right. going to be Singapore's first creature feature, monster film, uh, yeah. also set in the, the fictional MRT, the, the fictional MRT world, mm. right, that they've created. And that project you actually shot way, way back, right? <laughs> How, like when, when exactly was that project shot? Yeah, so Circle Line is a, wow, had a very tumultuous journey uh, and it finally mm. got released. Uh. So we actually, that was actually done five years ago. Yeah, like so we're talking four or five 20, years ago. 2018, 2017, 2019, I think. 2018, 2019. Oh, that's yeah, still four years ago. Still yeah, four okay. years ago. Yeah. And then because it was a very CG heavy, they, they needed like a, about a year to do the post uh, mm, and the graphics mm. and everything. And once they are almost done, then gonna COVID. <laughs> then sway already so basically Spe- specifically like because it, they couldn't or at least it wasn't a good idea to release it during yeah, COVID yeah, yeah. Right? and it was very I mean in Singapore terms the budget is actually very high like, if you ask me mm. like, it's, it's an expensive film it's an expensive film to make so yeah. to release it during COVID it will be very financially painful for all the investors like. so mm. that's why they, are, they basically got caught uh, in a very hard place, la. And then mm. actually, I, 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 at a point of time, I heard that they were just not going to show the film, mm. not going to air the film at all. So I'm actually glad that they, uh, they are, they are airing it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and but this one has uh like you like you mentioned a lot of uh, CG, and uh, the main antagonist almost is the is this huge uh CG monster la, Right, this mm. monster mm. that is stalking the the literally the circle line right and yeah. uh so like uh both very big productions both involved mm. you know building tunnels and simulating that thing but for you as an actor must have been different right one is a human uh, antagonist the other one is a mm. monster antagonist mm. uh what 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 were the differences in terms of the production in okay sense, I, I mean to be fair in in my role in circle line is actually not super heavy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I mean, I, I guess I'm one of the major characters, but I wouldn't say I'm one of the lead, lead role, not a lead role. Um, we are, 
And my role is basically the command center, head of the command center, right? So I don't really mm-hmm. work a lot with the green screen. Actually, not at all. A bit, yeah, a little bit. Okay. So a little bit of the green screen. So, um, but I did see them work with the green screen. Quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the main thing is really, we don't have a lot of experience working with CGI. Uh, mm. and, and VFX and stuff like that. So I think that is a bit challenging, uh, for, for everybody to kind of understand it. So it, it goes a bit slower. You can tell, you can tell. So I think mm. it's great that we are venturing into that space as well. Um, yeah. that's it. I mean, I hope that people are not too critical, like, you know, because once you do CGI and monster feature, mm. like, then you are like, oh, Godzilla and <laughs> oh, Pacific Rim and stuff. So it's, it's, it's a rough battle. So I, I don't mm. think, don't go in with that kind of mindset. Uh, yeah. But I think it's shot, it's shot in a very, um, in a very local context, like Asian context. Mm-hmm. And it's a very interesting idea mm. um, with a, a monster feature. Uh, I yeah. personally actually haven't watched, I only watched clips. I haven't watched the whole film yet. So I honestly yeah. don't know uh, yeah. how it's going to look like. But I saw a bit of the, 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 the creature so far. It yeah. is, it's interesting, like it's interesting. It's mm. an interesting take on a creature feature. Yeah, I, I think one one uh thing about this or and a common thread like, with even that the third reel as well is is I think if anything, like uh people should watch it to really support the the idea of how uh you know the productions in Singapore are expanding beyond the usual uh, you know, like sad mm. guy living in uh, you know middle class life in HDB and unhappy mm. with his life and all these things. So, mm. so these both projects expand beyond that and sort of reimagine Singapore as a you know it's a place where action movie or mm. action show or or even a yeah, monster movie could be made. Mm. So that's mm. why I found like really uh quite mind bending about it. Like we're not thinking about our boys to men seven or eight or anything, but this <laughs> this is like literally. What if a monster attacks an MRT line? Or what if like hijackers wearing masks come in into an MRT line? And and you know, how often do we get to you know expand our 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 diet like that? La? That's why I was like, oh both these projects are are you know, regardless of what people say about it or difficulties, they're good for the industry, la, right? Mm. I mean I, I can't say for Circle Line because we haven't shown that yet, but for mm. third wheel it's actually doing very well. So mm. thank you for awesome. the support so much. I definitely should should support it. Like, go, and, go and give yeah. it a try. And I, I think you watch it because you're curious. Uh, yeah. Also watch it because you like you say, like like it is mm. a first step for something more. So I mean, sure. if you don't like it, don't watch it. I I, I don't care. But but <laughs> I, I do think that if you are curious, I mean, you should give it a shot. Yeah. 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 And uh, mm. I think, yeah, because I mean, that was Andy Chen, the actor telling us about his projects. But he's also <laughs> here today as a, a, a guest host, like, right? To talk yeah. about a little bit about uh two interesting topics like, that we've mm. we found that we want to talk about on Yala but and uh, the first topic actually relates to very closely to uh Andy's own experience. I think your own experience, right? Like it's basically an article from uh the South China Morning Post that the headline is literally Taiwan's rich eye uh Taiwan's rich eye a Singapore insurance policy amid fears of China attack. And the idea is about um, that there are the rich people in Taiwan who are now thinking about moving to Singapore as a backup plan. So they're moving money, they're moving their companies, they're moving their families away from Taiwan to towards Singapore, just in case China does, you know, decide to make a move to to uh, to, to to attack Taiwan, lah, right? Mm. 
Um, so there's actually literally quotes from fund managers and bankers who said that uh, inquiries about moving their businesses, moving to Singapore, have jumped fourfold in the last year. And uh, mm. they also they also give up uh, they give a lot of other instances of uh, rich Taiwanese buying up property in Singapore, mm. la, which uh, I think uh, they they raise an example of literally. Um, uh, I think just last was it just last year or or what where um, uh, there was a Taiwanese uh, yeah but I think I to, sorry let me just pull it up just to be just yeah, to be accurate uh. there was a four bedroom unit at a luxury condom uh, con- condom condominium <laughs> in the city center get me a luxury condom right now <laughs> I would pay for that <laughs> luxury condominium condominium <laughs> in the city center that was sold for 22.29 million sing dollars uh, wow. to, to a Taiwanese uh. and mm. last year Taiwan's uh, Sai family TSAI family uh, who own they own the Hong Kong listed stack maker 1-1 China Holdings they bought all 20 units of a new condominium in one of Singapore's most exclusive neighborhoods for 293 million Singapore dollars. So yeah, I mean, big money, uh, a lot of uh, rich Taiwanese looking to move here. Lah. And uh, I mean, this was um, something that I thought was interesting. But I wanted to ask you, like, why why do you find this topic an uh, interesting one to discuss as well? Huh? I mean, I guess I, I'm interested in this topic because I think I have a... Uh a more personal insight to it because Mm -hmm. now you know the the trust for mainstream media is so low now and for good reasons right because mainstream Mm. media hasn't been have a pretty crappy track record in the past couple of years so every time i look at a a topic i the first thing i think is that is it true Mm. (laughs) is it true right so then because a topic like that i actually have i'm on the ground right so i actually talk Mm. to taiwanese friends and i can testify that this this headline is somewhat true. Like, it's quite true. So mm. uh, when I talk to my Taiwanese friends, right, a, a couple of them have already asked me about linking them to Singaporean bankers. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking about like moving money out, right? Oh, moving okay, money okay. out. Or, or, or like how do you diversify their portfolio so that they are they are they are less uh Taiwan heavy. So so these are mm. these are friends of yours that are literally coming to you and asking how do yeah. I, yeah, can you link me up with someone in Singapore so that I yeah, can yeah. think about, talk about moving here? Uh, oh, seriously? No, no, not moving here, but how, moving. Uh, about how to move their money, money. out of Taiwan. Out <laughs> yeah, of, uh, way, money out of Taiwan. Way more important. Money first, yeah. then, then, money then first, the actual and person. Then, the also, then there are also people asking me about like education in Singapore. Like, mm. How do they send their kids to Singapore to study? Yeah. Um, that's factual. Um, sure. I think on the ground, the sentiment about the China and Taiwan relationship is, it is at, internationally, it's definitely at the highest, like I would say right now, mm-hmm. right? Very high. Um, and, but in Taiwan, right? It's actually, people are actually, I wouldn't say that nervous because okay. I think they're kind of used to it already. Yeah. Right. So, in a way. So, mm. there was something I, I did want to ask uh, because, uh, mm. I think, there's a lot of uh, political tension in Thai- uh, in China right now, right? Uh, with I think uh, Xi Jinping, he got he basically has put himself as a, for the third term of uh, the presidency, which is shows that he's basically consolidating his power, right? Yeah. Um. So there's the aspect where where it seems like he is going to quite extreme lengths to, you know, 
he's he's jailing uh, business leaders. He's jailing, there are celebrities who are being like mm. silenced and everything. Uh, basically, mm. in the name of of preserving the the status quo and the power of the of uh, within the of the party in China, la. So mm. it it kind of has showed has shown that he that economic growth isn't his number one priority. Isn't their number one priority right now? A lot of it is mm. more about the power. So with all this with this backdrop of of wanting to consolidate power, and then you know the recent unrest and protests over their strict COVID zero policy. Um, there's been some chatter la, and, and uh, this was even off a podcast from Ben Shapiro that talked about this. There's chatter that Taiwan will be a very good distraction, la, right? Like uh, the, the idea of like attacking Taiwan and, 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 and taking over Taiwan is a, mm. could be a good distraction from all these political issues that they have in the background going on. Um, mm. and, and we've heard that before, la, right? Where politicians use uh, war and conflict as a distraction from, from domestic issues, la. But you're, you're, what you're saying is that um, on the ground, people don't feel any more nervous now than they did before, is it? Mm. So, okay, I, I need to unpack that. But yes, okay, i answer sure. the question first. Like, yes, I think on the ground, people are still, it's still like life as usual. Mm. Not, nothing much has changed. But I can tell like at the back of their mind, they are thinking about like, what if, like yeah. in case. Like, so that's why they're asking about money. They're asking about how to migrate to Singapore or you know like they, I don't think they are taking actions right now but I think they definitely mm. are at a, in the back of their head right like okay. having a, a, a second option um, I think that's the case they also have they also have increased their NS um, mm. time frame right so that one is very obvious la. so initially okay. they have reduced it to four months yeah. NS is four months so now they have move it back to a year if I'm not wrong a year okay okay yeah a year so compared to it's still good la. but but for yeah, them yeah, it's yeah. like yeah yeah for their that, that this batch now they, they have to move back to a year so which also means that they are that that is a very objective truth that the tension is increasing so mm. I, I don't think there's a question about that um, next I need to unpack right this this uh, idea that tension is getting higher and higher and higher mm-hmm. I actually feel like the recent development is the opposite oh really why yeah, not? yeah, I actually feel that. So initially, right? Okay, so first of all, I think the riots in China right now, right? It just means mm. that, and there's a lot of call for freedom and all that stuff, right? But yeah, mainly I feel once you are domestically, there is unrest, right? Mm. That that will be your first priority to to kind of make sure that people are settled, like, which is why they, mm. I suspect they ease their policies, right? Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. people are pleased and then the tension gets lower. So when you have to do that already, why would you provoke that more? Why would you, mm. why would you want to poke the beehive some more, right? Because once you, once it's about Taiwan, it's about democracy and, and everything, it's the symbol of That's Taiwan. True. So I think mm. that means that they, at least in the short term, I don't think it will mean that they, they, I, I don't, I don't foresee them being very aggressive. Like. The oh, second okay, thing, which okay. I think is very important, is that uh, Taiwan just had their elections, mm. so about three, two, three weeks ago, and the Kuomintang had like a landslide victory. Like. Mm. So Kuomintang mm. is basically the conservative party, and they are basically more pro-China relationship. I see. So yeah, so basically now the people in power, not the president, but the the government. Uh, the government in power is more pro-China relation, which means Mm-mm-mm. they are not pro-independence, ah, which is also which also means that it will be more pleasing to China, I would assume. So in this two sense, I would feel that um like yeah, I, if anything, I feel a bit more at ease at this point of time. 
Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So that's mm. that's that's quite interesting, lah. That means, uh, people are not feeling more kanchong. But then remember there was that whole mm. um, when Nancy Pelosi, the yeah. U.S. politician, was mm. like visiting, made a visit to Taiwan, like without. Yeah. Without uh the 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 you know approval so to speak from the U.S. Yeah. president right and then yeah. everyone was tracking whether the plane was going to land in 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 Taiwan right. and like if if China would do anything wasn't that like like wasn't that making people on the ground in Taiwan nervous? Yes and no, eh. <laughs> I mean really? I always feel like in Taiwan people are quite chill about it. Oh really? Like, yeah, I mean they they have seen this so much already, like planes flying past their. Mm-hmm. airspace and news of like China tension it's almost like every day right like I think they are sort of used to it. And, and I also feel like there's a certain aspect of foreign press drumming mm. up their headlines like, I feel like people want to mm. read about it and they want to think it's possible I mean it's definitely possible but, but I think it, it's a headline that sells that's why there's more headlines about it and every time uh. I read the, I watch or I read like western uh, press talking about yeah. this matter I just feel like they're they have a very Western perspective on the whole issue and don't, mm. they don't really understand the way like Chinese think. Yeah. Uh, so I feel it's a bit blown out of proportion, uh, honestly mm. speaking. Mm. So, so I mean, in my back of my head, I also think it's, war is possible, but but, but it's, it's, a, it's a very low, 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 low chance of that happening, like, at least yeah. at this point of time. Mm. But besides the Western perspective, do you think yeah. uh, in general, Singaporeans... You know, you know how Singaporeans we always like, wow, everywhere else in the world is so dangerous. Mm. Wow, US high crime rate, <laughs> la. Taiwan gonna get attacked by China, la. Japan, yeah. uh, you know, got wow, so many problems with COVID, all these things. Is it mm. do you think it's also partially a very Singaporean thing also? That we always feel like, wow, the world is so dangerous except in Singapore. It is I would say it's true though. <laughs> <laughs> like As it as it is true that it's true that the world outside is much more dangerous than yeah. Singapore. It is true. Uh, it is really? true. It's just, and it's not, and we are not the norm, right? Mm, mm. It's like, like when I, after living here for a while, living overseas for a while, um, I realized that like the world is just uh, quite a bit more dangerous la, and you need to be mm. a bit more wary and, and have a, 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 be, a more sense of uh, urgency, emergency, rather than mm. Singapore where it's like, you can almost close your eyes and things are just gonna, just gonna run properly, right? Mm. And, and there's a lot of reason and, I just have to say, like, we don't take our country for granted. Like, we really are a very safe, very, very safe place with a very yeah. strong government and good for, foresight. Yeah. So we are, we are, I feel like I'm a, like a rich spoiled bread being thrown into the streets. Uh. I mean, and Taiwan mm. is, is really not, not, not that rough, like, honestly speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I can already feel like, oh, I've been so pampered living in Singapore all my life. So it is, it is true that we are, we are very blessed and safe. Like. Mm, sure. This is uh, Andy Chen mm. about to announce his ent- entry into politics. Thank you. In Singapore Thank politics scene. Vote for me. <laughs> 2024. <laughs> no, but, but actually, uh, it's interesting you talk about that because I wanted to ask mm. you, um, like, like culturally, la, right? Like those mm. people, let's say, I mean, you don't, you don't need to say who they are, obviously, but culturally, how do you think, you know, Taiwan, a Taiwanese, uh, an average Taiwanese uh, friend of yours, like, right? Mm-hmm. Culturally, how would they find Singapore? How would they fit into Singapore? Like, like what is their overall impression of life in Singapore? Like? Mm. Mm. Okay, so for my own uh, 
from my own experience, I can't speak mm. like a no data except for my own personal experience, is that um, there's a huge group of Taiwanese that really like Singapore being so strict with our laws mm. and how everybody is so cooperative. Oh, okay. And, and okay. It's basically, I mean, we are very centralized uh, 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 way of running things in Singapore, sure. right? and yeah. I don't know whether they realize it's they are, we are so efficient because we are centralized or not, uh, But they mm. definitely do appreciate the fact that we are so efficient and people are so law abiding, right? Mm. They don't know what we have to sacrifice for that, uh, But they 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 like that, uh. But mm. that once they said that, right? But they are also so pro democracy here. Right, mm. that like anything that the government does that the people don't like, right? it's like it gets slammed down immediately. Uh, and mm. people are so vocal about what they want and how they want things. Right, I don't think that they can. That I don't think that. It, I don't think it will fit well <laughs> the, the governing style. So oh, okay. I, I feel like they they have a very good impression about Singapore generally, except those mm. that have lived in Singapore <laughs> before. <laughs> oh really? They, they, yeah, mean, so, they mean that if they if they have experience actually staying here. They yeah. would actually say a different thing about Singapore. Yes, right? yes. So the people that have not stayed in Singapore, right? Their yeah. impression is actually like, yeah, good. Well, it should be like that. Yeah, you know, the law yeah. should be, yeah, people should, uh, should punish them very harsh. And then, uh, yeah, it's so good. It's so clean uh, and all that. But then those that live in Singapore for a while, then they were like, oh, it was so boring. And then like everybody's like so square and like cannot, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like everybody is like, oh, yeah, everything had to do, follow the rules or not. Oh, you cannot, you can't, there's no gray area. There's no loopholes. There's nothing like you, they feel so suffocated. And that mm. is usually what I get from people who have, they still love Singapore, like Singapore, but I don't think they want yeah. to live in Singapore. Oh, right? so I see, I see. I, that's usually the two, two spectrums that I, mm. I, I, I meet. Yeah. Then what do you, what do you tell those people who, who, you know, who you meet and then they say, Oh, Singapore is so boring. I, I, I couldn't stand it all. What do you say I'm to saying, them? Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're there <laughs> and that's why uh, no I mean the, I'm not in Singapore to, to be a tourist right I'm not in Singapore mm. to play right I'm in Singapore mm. to get shit done you know yeah. and there's yeah. no place like Singapore to get shit done so yeah, I feel true. like it, it's too completely different it's too completely different spectrum like if you can find a mm. we always say there's this fantasy of this this mythical country that is in between Taiwan and 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 and, and Singapore, where uh. like it is democratic uh, but efficient and everything, it's like the perfect world, uh, But how yeah. how they, I don't think that's even possible, right? So it's basically who, what kind of life you want to lead, and you mm. have to give mm. out some stuff to get some stuff. So it's it's what you are, what you are, like. You know, if I'm a banker, if I'm a doctor, I would likely want to stay in Singapore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but if you are in the creative line, I would say being in Taiwan might be very attractive to you. Yeah. Mm. When you say when you say uh very attractive, you're talking about what the opportunities or mm. just a general much more uh supportive network or, or what is it specifically? Um, I feel like the openness in the country. Like everybody mm. has like every time okay so again from a personal experience like whenever I have yeah. an idea, right? Mm. I need to filter it very harshly before I say it in yeah. Singapore. And and even sure. after that, the, the odds of it getting shot down or not even considered because it's out of the box, right? It's mm. very high, la, fairly high. Yeah, la, right? yeah, yeah. But when I'm in Taiwan, when I'm working in Taiwan, uh, the most ridiculous ideas are considered entertained and, 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 and mm. you know, like collaborated on. La. I think that kind of mindset, and there is, there is still censorship, of course, but yeah, 
I feel like the self censorship is very low here, right? Mm. And everybody wanna, they everybody's trying to be as creative as they can, out of the box as they can, mm. collaborative as they can, and rules are really a guideline here, right? Mm. Um, Elon Musk has a tweet recently, right? To it's like some open open letter to his employees or something, and one of the yeah. terms is that like, in as a rule of thumb, don't follow rules, follow principle. Mm. Right. So I feel like in, in Taiwan, a lot of time rules are at best a guideline. <laughs> mm, mm. People take it kind of as like, oh, okay, well, you say I, I take a look whether I want to follow or not. But in Singapore, mm. like a rule is almost like law. It's like, it's, yeah. you know, sacred in a way. And, and, and people, people, we sort of enforce these rules on each other. Exactly. Like, exactly. like during COVID, when I when you see people not wearing masks, you call call police, that kind of thing. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So that, there is a difference. Like like right now in Taiwan, like they just mm. remove the mask wearing outdoors, right? Okay. But when you go on the streets, right, ninety nine percent of the people are still in masks. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they go against whatever rule. They that do is. whatever they feel <laughs> is right, like, You know, at, at the got bare it, minimum it. of following the law. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's a very different different place, like. I see, I see. But but mm. then uh on the flip side, right? Do yeah. you think how, do you think like uh Singaporeans, you know, because you know in the two thousands when there were large influx of uh, foreigners into Singapore, especially from uh China and all that, right? Mm. Uh you know, the then there started to be a lot of instances of Singaporeans uh having very strong reactions, uh, almost xenophobic in some ways to mm. you know Chinese immigrants and all and, and a lot of nasty things said about them and all you know do you think uh, let's say let's say the, the event that there are a lot of Taiwanese who move to Singapore like, right mm. how will Singaporeans stick to to these uh, you know Taiwanese immigrants or what like? would it be a similar kind of reaction or, or would culturally would Singaporeans feel like eh, they, they're a bit more similar or what wow that's a scary question to answer. It is, yeah. You have to choose <laughs> a scary words question to answer. Uh, I would say that so far from my experience, uh, the impression of, uh, Singaporean's impression of Taiwanese seems to be vastly positive. Mm -hmm. Culturally, I think mm -hmm. we are a lot more similar. Mm. So... You but can we, draw your we, own conclusions you any, from that. But any specifics in terms of culturally how it's similar? Not not just about being Chinese, like, right? You know, because mm. I mean China is Chinese, obviously, but And China is such a yeah. huge country, right? Like Yeah. You know, uh, uh when we talk about Taiwanese, we often think about like city dwelling folks, you know, with mm. the same urban landscape and 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 very similar. And you're watching mm. the same Hollywood films and, yeah. and and you have a lot of westernized ideas and and mixed mm. with like like Chinese tradition and in that yeah, sense yeah. we are quite similar mm. I feel like we are like a hybrid right we are hybrids in different ways but we are hybrid nonetheless and yeah. and yeah and I, I feel I don't know I mean we are also island we are also a small country we are also you know we are we also have both national service for different, <laughs> yeah, both NF for what reasons right yeah, so yeah, we all yeah. have we all have our own problems and I just feel like we are very similar, very close in many, many ways. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. So yeah, I always I always felt like the general impression that uh Singaporeans have of Taiwan, uh, whether it's just very shallow things like, oh, they love to go to Taiwan for holiday, mm. or oh you 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 got Taiwanese friends, so so cool, let's all let meet them and all that. It is much more uh it is much more positive that way. And mm. 
it, but like you said, like it's, it also comes from the fact that yeah, like, we are both, uh, you know, city dwellers and all. And and I think that's something that we often forget about Singapore. Like when you talk about Singapore as a country, we're literally a city, an island, and a country all at the same time, which is so different from any other place in the world. Like whether you talk about Japan or France, when you live on the coast versus living, you know, in you know, yeah. in the middle of the country, it's such a different experience like, that you cannot generalize and say all the people are like that. Uh, you know, French people are like that, or Japanese people are like that. But when you talk about Taiwan and Singapore generally, when you say a Singapore person is like that, the general profile is yeah, like, they wow. live in the city. Yes. Uh, you know, they they, they yeah, talk knew, about similar we things. We are so you know. small, right? Like our differences, someone living in Yishun and someone living in Jurong, not not that far it's, away. It's, like, still, still got some uh, still east got and some west. Difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah, east and west got some difference, but so yeah, yeah, minimal yeah. like in the grand yeah, scale yeah, of yeah. things. And I think in Taiwan, it's the same, right? Someone in Taipei and someone in Tainan, you can yeah. tell when after living in Taiwan for a while, you can tell it's actually quite quite clear what's their difference. But overall, mm. in the macro sense of things, yeah, I mean, like you know, they are they are from Taiwan, lah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. But mm. uh, yeah, like, it's uh, that's why to me it's like um interesting that it got this development so like because uh some other articles that I've been reading are about mm. also about uh related to I mean, tangentially related I, to this. Uh, sorry, you you want to say something? Mm. Yeah. Oh, am I interrupting you? <laughs> No, no, yeah, I was going to talk about the the crypto side of things. As oh, well, okay. Right? Can I can I add a bit on on this topic sure, sure, sure. before yeah. we move on? I I feel like uh, that's it. We talked about the Taiwan part of things, right? But I think mm-hmm. there's also the Singapore part of things, right? Yeah. And the the I mean, we didn't get into this position of being the insurance policy for Taiwan or other 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 places, other territory for for by chance, right? It's basically mm-hmm. our, our government is quite open about it that we has always yeah. been a strategy of ours to bring in the rich corporation and now also the rich families, right? And yeah. so we we do this by having a very stable government, having good international credit ratings and very uh, keeping our currency very strong. And all this has sure. always made it very attractive. Lah. So I think it's only norm and we'll have track record of this from very long ago, right? Even yeah. from, remember when we were young, the Indone- when Indonesia was mm. not so stable and yeah. we had a lot of uh, 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 Indonesians coming to Singapore as a safe haven. And then even yeah. when Hong Kong was uh, having their riots and stuff, they, we also had a lot of uh, Hong Kongers coming over. So I yeah. think... It, this is our strategy. Like we, we just want to mm. take all the money. Um, so in a way, it is very beneficial for us Singaporeans, yeah. right? Because it keeps us very strong and it keeps the money inflow into Singapore. So we are very happy. But th- on the flip side, there's also the problem of um, the the wealth gap, right? Because mm, the mm, things keep mm. getting more and more expensive, right? So yeah. I, when I'm in Singapore, I always find... I come back to Singapore now every about between four to eight months. I come back to mm. Singapore for a couple of months for work, right? And whenever I come back, I can actually physically feel Singapore getting more expensive. Eh? Mm. Like, mm. like, wow. Every time I come back, I'm like, wow, wow it's more, ah, more expensive already. Yeah, and yeah. then I feel like this is something that we also need to address, lah, right? Like, yes, we can, we have, we have great countermeasures for that. We have the HDB. Mm. Our mm. public transport is awesome. We can eat at hawker centers. Yes, correct. Yeah. But is it becoming more and more a rich eh? exclusive right. Right? like like is mm. the is the comfortable singapore rich so called the singapore normal standard of living and the lower standard of living is it is is it unattainable already right how yeah, often can yeah. you eat out how often can you take a cab how often can you it's, it feels that it feels like being not rich in singapore is becoming more and more punishing 
and mm. and I, I I personally am a bit worried about that lah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm. that's why, and you know, GST hike coming up. So, mm-hmm. you know, everyone, yeah, like, literally people are telling me that they are uh, planning to buy a lot of things in December because, you know, the, the 1%, <laughs> like someone yesterday was, I met someone yesterday who was like, oh, you know, my BTO flat is not ready yet, but I'm going to buy all the furniture from Taobao in December just mm-hmm. to avoid having to pay additional uh, tax on it. Yeah. Uh, so there are people, it is a real thing on people's minds and, and you know the you know the government is they say they're doing what they can to to lessen the impact but I don't think it's just about GST like, it's just yeah it's just the whole supply chain issues globally and all mm. Singapore because of you know where we are and the fact that we we you know we just buy a lot of stuff from overseas and all it, it affects us to the max uh, and and you really can feel it uh day to day in in mm. everything you pay for, even just the chicken at the supermarket. Remember when there was the shortage of chickens because Malaysia yes. banned it, and the price went up, but it never came down again. Even after yes. even after everything, you see. So I, we ju- we just it's almost like we just accept whatever is is the price is given to us now. I, I feel it's it's actually quite painful, la. Like when I come back yeah. to Singapore, right? I, I like it feels like we are getting more and more money-minded and less and less mm. human and, mm. and that eats at me quite a bit like I, I want to get a piece of tissue paper but no free tissue paper but I must mm. pay 50 cents yeah. then now maybe 60 cents 80 cents and then yeah. wet tissue is two dollars and then mm. every it's like every single action I do there's a micro transaction you know <laughs> like it's just like wow everything I do is like money 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 and and then like everybody is like so grumpy you know yeah, and yeah, yeah. I feel I feel very stressed sometimes when I come back to Singapore and yeah. I, I, I think that is be- that is not because people want to be nasty mm. and miserable. It's because the cost of living is putting that pressure on them that that, that is it's not comfortable, la, right? You have to constantly right, right. worry about this. La. Yeah. Yeah, but actually, well, actually, yeah, interesting. I want to ask you uh one thing also just uh somewhat related to that. Um I one I mean, because I when I lived in the US and everything, one mm. thing I very strongly remember, la, right, was people were super turned off. Every time if I would casually be asking about, oh, uh, I mean, in a very Singaporean way, oh, wow, your salary is very good. Uh, or, you know, you're, 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 well, you're doing well, you're making a lot of money. Uh, people would find it very socially, very a very big turn off, uh, right? Oh, really? And then and I had a, one or two people who did point out to me, hey, nobody talks about this in the, in, in, in you know, in, in, in America. Like, it's just socially not, not a very good thing to just like openly, hey, you know what, you're doing well yourself, uh, you know, you're making money, doing, you uh, they just find it very, very, uh, what's the word, uh, gauche la, to talk about these kind of things in the social setting. La. Do you oh. feel that? Um, and, but in Singapore, it's like, it's almost so normal, la, right, for people to be like, oh, wow, you know, you're, where, where do you stay? Oh, wow, you're staying there, you must be making a lot of money, you know? Oh, wow, what car are you driving? You must be making a lot of money. Uh, we really don't talk about the exact value of how much people make, but there's always a yeah. reference to like how well they're doing in life. And that's like the measure of how happy or successful people are. Do you get that sense socially in, in Taiwan also? Or is there some kind of uh, unwritten thing we don't talk about what people are making in terms of money and all? No, I feel like it, we, in Taiwan, it's also people are quite, the culture is quite similar. Like, like okay. you would say, oh, if someone bought buy a new car, I would say like, oh, wow, yeah, doing well, huh? all that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it not in a, again, not in the very specific sense, like, like hey, how much are you mm-hmm. making? Hey, tell me, hey. not, not like that, but okay. like my wealth is a, is an in, integral part. And, and I think people are aware. I, I don't know whether is it because in the US people, wealth is not a status. I, I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. culturally, they don't like to t- even 
talk about it at all. Sure. But in Taiwan and Singapore, I feel uh, when it comes to this, is 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 quite similar. Okay. Okay. So it's maybe it's just it's just me uh, Maybe I just rub someone the wrong way <laughs> by talking about it. Being a socially uh, you and your party. Rolex watch driving your Lambo, then asking about yeah. that. People boy song uh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> gold digger prank uh, yeah, doing man, the gold digger prank. This crazy rich Asian trying to be a cocky asshole. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, like, I only ask because yeah, like, The I, I feel that sense yeah, that sense of like uh, a lot of pressure. You know, whenever you just, even you're just meeting people uh, after a while, they haven't seen you in a while, that there's a lot of, um, a lot of the questions revolve around, well, how's your, you know, how's your, you know, how much money you're making or how much, what career yeah. doing yeah. or where are you in life? Or, you know, have you, do you think about investing in this and that and all yeah. that, you know? There's a lot of that kind of talk I yeah. find like in, 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 in social circles in yeah. Singapore. It's about, yeah. oh, you know, like, oh, I'm upgrading, I'm moving to this place, I'm moving to that place, or, you know, my kids are going to this, wow, it's so expensive, you know, that kind of thing. So there's just, it just all revolves around a lot about oh, money and all. Uh. Mm. Yeah. I agree, I agree. Yeah, so I, I do feel that. But but then, somewhat tangentially related to that also, uh, which also is to do with what, what uh you know, we've, like, we, we've done a podcast before about, about all this, uh, right? Which is NFTs with Bubble Tea, that was the name of the podcast. But generally, um, I think you know in uh, the last time we spoke to you on the podcast as well uh, we, we spoke a lot about your interest in um, NFTs and also in crypto and everything and since then as everyone knows there's been a crypto winter that has happened uh, a lot of things have happened uh, you know even Singapore institutions like the Masik have all Ooh. have all uh, felt the burn of the crypto winter 260 with, uh, million dollar burn yeah yeah so I mean where where are things at for you and and uh, your your interest and and, and mm. investments in crypto and everything? Uh? So yes, crypto is now in a very scary winter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, uh, like BTC, which is uh, Bitcoin, is down like I think seventy five percent from its all time mm. high. So basically, yeah. it's not in a great place price wise, mm. So um, I think for me, I have kind of moved into. I'm still very interested actually i i kind of like it now mm, um, mm. because i remember when i first got into uh crypto nfts and mm. nfts it was a very crazy period where like i cannot catch up with the news and the updates and everything and i couldn't filter what it was important and what was not but right yeah. now everything just seems to have slowed down and mm. the the quality of the news coverage and things that are happening are much much clearer Information mm, is much mm. clearer, much better curated, I feel. So right now, I'm actually learning a lot more. And, mm, and, mm. and fundamentally, I'm, I'm learning a lot more. Um, mm. I mean, crypto has been very... Not my portfolio, <laughs> not my crypto mm. portfolio. That has not been kind to me. Uh, but sure. my, but the, the, the fact of like learning crypto has been very important to me because it's a window into... I think two main things. One is art, right? Because mm. of NFT. Because of NFTs, I started to read about art, history, yeah. read about like the technology of uh, like NFT and blockchain. And, and mm. even like personally went to look at artists where their art pieces I was, that yeah. was, was attractive to me. Like. So I, that was a window for me and a window for traditional finance and basically understanding how to, what to do with my money and stuff like that, right? And mm. the macro environment, like what, how does the Fed interest rate affect Singapore and how, what, is this, what is MAS? What? So mm. to me, now it's a great time to mm. learn and understand. 
Um, yeah. But if you look at your portfolio every day, you, you won't feel very happy. Mm. <laughs> so, so you're saying that crypto, I mean, crypto NFTs, everything was uh, uh, like sort of like a gateway drug for you mm. to better even understand your own personal finances and, and yeah. investing and everything. Yeah, for me, uh, for me, definitely. But I also feel for the younger generation, right? When they are, mm-hmm. when they are, this is basically the way they are going to learn about all that. Because when I was growing up, I was not interested in all these things at all. I mean, I, sure. I have no idea, but, but this is interesting, not only because we can buy it, but also because we can actually physically interact with it at a very low cost. Mm, right. Mm. It's like, I, I, I won't be interested to read about an NFT, but I own an NFT. Yeah, then I'll be yeah. like, hey, and, I, and that maybe cost me like $60, right? That's not much, mm, right? You can, mm. and that's like, hey, I'm interested. I actually got this at $60. I want to learn more. So I, I feel this space is great right now. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. It's great right now. And for people who are interested, now is the best time to come yeah. in and learn, not when the hype is, when everybody's saying that, oh, it's going to die. It doesn't work. That's when yeah. come in and, and learn about it. Like, I don't have to spend a lot. Everything is cheap now anyway. So it's, it's a mm, great time mm. to, to, to learn about the technology. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think for for us also the NFT Bubble Tea podcast was also yeah we were trying to look at it from an element of uh, trying to learn more about the space and I think if anything that I've taken away from from doing that and then talking to people who are in the industry as well like yourself and all uh, is really to separate the technology you know blockchain technology underlying everything from you know the crazy amounts of money people are making on crypto and NFTs and all that. Because that that is is uh, there, there's a lot of froth in that whole space, lah, right? You know, mm. prices go up and down, yeah. but but the technology is there, lah, And there are the interesting things that yeah, I've also met people who are running all these, like they're launching businesses that use that technology to 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 you know sort of link the link the physical world to the digital, lah, in a more mm. coherent way. And and it all sounds like and to it's quite. Uh, unfortunately, everything is all lumped under this old crypto winter umbrella, mm. right? Mm. Is but I, it just happens to be today they are playing in the same space, and that everyone has sort of taken a hit, like even the more legit ones. But there is an application to the technology that will be useful, uh, in the future for sure, right? Mm. Mm. I, I feel yeah. so. I think also not just the technology; it's also the, uh, it's also the system, right? Actually, whatever is mm. happening right now, it has happened before in finances because everything is written in blood, right? Like something like yeah. that happened. So now I understand, oh, why do we need regulation? Mm. In the past, mm. I'm like, why do you want to restrict me to do this and that? Oh, now you see, yeah. oh, why regulation <laughs> is important, right? So, and then, so see, everything yeah. is like, we were not there when all this happened back in like, what, the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, right? So we can, yeah. all these rules are dumped onto us. All this stuff mm. that we don't understand are dumped onto us. But with crypto, because we are here right now at the birth of something that we can actually follow the steps and see, uh, oh, so this is what happens. And everything has happened yeah. before. Whatever happened in FTX is being drawn, parallels are being drawn with uh, Bernie Madoff, right? And then mm. the Ponzi scheme and everything, right? So all yeah. this, uh, you understand, oh, this is what happened back then and this is what happened now. Oh, this You yeah. actually get to see what happened. And I think yeah. that to us, right, this this generation and the generation younger, it's very important for us to to see. And it's, it's great that we get to see it. The, the biggest lesson is like, don't put all your money in it, you know, like, yeah. like take Correct. a bit of money and, and kind of use it to to learn and understand the, the, the yeah, yeah. system. Yeah. I, I think uh, even my own understanding of the whole FTX thing, uh, I've I just been reading up on it and all. And, and my understanding is that really 
um, yeah, it, it was at its heart a Ponzi scheme. But the bigger thing about it was that basically he was using the hype around, you know, FTX and the hype around the, the how much money he was making. Mm-hmm. He was using that to leverage the the financial system to to you know basically over leverage himself based on whatever uh whatever you know uh dream price that he he cooked up for his own currency like so yeah. it was really just like yeah like, all these institutions buying into the hype and then saying oh yeah yeah you know it's totally normal for you to 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 you know leverage whatever assets you have and then we give you 10 times or 100 times of the amount of money in actual real cash like, to use and then he used that cash to you know to do a lot of things for himself so it wasn't even so much that he's literally conning or making use of people's uh, gullibility to make money, but he was making use of the financial system in order and and you know playing within the 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 the, 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 the not not say the rules but the sandbox that how of how people in the financial system yeah. think and how they value a company and how they 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 decide to lend you this uh, a bank decides to lend you this amount of money. He used all that to to really just um yeah enrich enrich himself yeah. and enrich the the his companies and you know do do things that um which regulations are there to stop you know banks from doing in the twenties and thirties in the yeah. US and all that Very right similar so so yeah. that's why it was like uh I realized yeah it's a much uh more structural thing that uh where we are seeing now in the industry and that's why I was like um. I mean, people say, yeah, it's a good thing that bad players are being weeded out. But I think also, like you said, it's a good thing that people are learning that the importance of why regulation is required in certain instances. Mm. And, and you, you can't just let people just like, uh, you know, just, just cook up, cook up exactly. new schemes and then just tell you, oh, this is the best thing ever and all that, right? Exactly. Yeah, Fundamentally, yeah. what is different about it is the blockchain technology, right? And that mm. has not been compromised. This is yeah. not something that compromised the fundamental value. La. So, yeah. okay, I'm talking like a crypto nerd now. So I <laughs> no, I mean, for us, yeah. it's also, I, I guess people, a lot of people are wondering, hey, what happened to the NFT Bubble Tea podcast? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think for us, like, you know, just a lot of different factors, whether it's, mm. I mean, uh, obviously I also had personal uh, issues during the time in the last few months and then I think you also were very busy with the you know the multiple projects oh, I just wanted about. to retire I cannot go out work anymore <laughs> tired already yeah tired yeah but already, and, then, yeah. and then that all coincided with the crypto winter which was like yeah like what you said yeah. the quality of the information the quantity and the quality of information out there just changed overnight mm. also like, right mm. so so for us I was like okay let's let's take a, a break and, and see where things are at and yeah and, and mm. since then we also uh, we're still talking about how how to move forward with with all these things, and uh, the the good things, yeah, Now we have the a bit of more the time and hindsight to yeah, to think yeah. about it, lah. Right? We ask your we ask your listeners, lah. If you if we have a patron for NFT bubble tea, how many of you will be our patron? Or if we get yeah, enough, then yeah. we'll do it, lah. Yeah. It's easy enough. How about that? Yeah. But Andy, it's not all about the money, right? It's about the knowledge yeah, and the tell that to my two kids and their school fees, man. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to scoopies to be paid in Bitcoin. Yeah, uh. yeah. Uh, and my chicken but, uh, rice, I want to eat my chicken rice. Eh, expensive which, now, <laughs> which has now gone up in price because yeah. of everything. Then plus the water and the yeah, exactly. napkin, you will pay extra yeah, fifty exactly. cents for it. Can I? Can Please patron, patron us. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So so all these things are, are, are you know uh are quite shocking. You know for the system and all that. that mm. That's why uh we thought it was a good time to take a pause lah. But uh, just speaking about shocking and and you know to to the system and all that lah. Our the the next topic we're actually talking about is um 
you know, it, it's kind of a on 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 paper it just sounds like the goofiest topic ever, like based <laughs> on the headlines and all. Yes, but actually, it, it actually is a bit more of a fundamental discussion about about uh, a lot of uh, issues, uh, right? Social issues that that we 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 are going to touch on, uh. mm. And uh, the article actually is is about a man who's forty three years old in Singapore. He got caught filming uh, upskirt videos at Marina Bay Sands. However, the catch was that the victim turned out to be a man in a dress. Uh, <laughs> and then it was after he was arrested, it was later found out that he had been taking uh, a lot of different upskirt videos of uh, various people. Um, he was he had been using his, his phone to film upskirt videos of women from February 19, 2018 to September 5th, 2019, which was uh, basically almost, yeah, almost at least a year and a half. Uh, and, you know, he would be taking up skirt videos of victims on escalators. Uh, and then he even filmed people at his workplace around Marina One, MBFC, and even some of his colleagues were even his victims where he had filmed, I think, of, of two of his colleagues, he filmed like 273 different videos of them. Lah. Uh, but how he got caught was when he actually went to uh, meet his wife. He saw his married, uh, his wife, for dinner at MBS, and on the escalator there was a thirty-three-year-old man wearing a dress, and he actually took two upskirt videos of him, and then a bystander saw him and called the police on him, lah. And that's how he got arrested, uh. But um, so I guess the big, the big twist here was that the victim that 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 actually caused him to get caught. Uh, turned out to be a man. And mm. that's why this was what was focused on in the headline, even though it's right. such a crazy story that can have multiple headlines. Uh. But mm. uh, for you, why did this article pick your curiosity? Uh? Uh, you are the one that, that chose this. I think, like, you are the one that sent this over, right? I'll admit, I'll admit, yes. Oh, I was the one who, who was like, hey, Andy, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. Uh. Okay, this is when I read this article, I read the headline, mm. and I, read, I started reading a little bit, and then I started to giggle. Okay. Like, it's okay. very giggly, right? Like, ah, giggle. Then after I read a little bit more, then I feel very crappy for giggling because mm. it's, it's, it's so horrible. But then I feel like I realized yeah. that the headline is so... Okay, it's not their fault, lah, but it's so mm. clickbaity, right? In a way, mm, like, mm, it, mm, it, technically, the, it has nothing to do with the case, <laughs> right? Yeah, in a way, yeah. right? Because it's not like the guy the, the guy in skirt beat him up or anything, right? It's two yeah, separate yeah, yeah. issues. It's just upskirt and then happens to be a guy. But they put mm, it in the headline mm. to make you want to read it and it worked. And it Correct. works. So I hated myself for, for denying the clickbait. That, that was yeah, my first yeah. feeling. The second yeah. thing that I got a lot of questions are, but uh, the question is a bit, I don't know whether is it too serious? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That, okay. The next impression I feel is that, okay, right now in our world, right, it's getting more and mm. more, like gender is no longer binary in a way. It mm. started starting mm. to become very like a spectrum, right? Yeah. And, you, and cases like that are eventually going to happen. La. So yeah, but mm. the fact that it's, it has happened is something that, grabs our attention. Um, yeah. Then it got, the next thing I wonder is that we keep seeing this upskirt thing in Singapore, right? Like mm. so many headlines and news about upskirts in yeah. Singapore. So it makes me think, is it like Singapore got a lot of like upskirt perverts mm. or what? Mm. Or is it, then I thought it could be just the headlines. Like yeah. every yeah. time there's an upskirt headline, people are going to read about it. So every time there's a case of an upskirt, all the news media are going to, report on it right but if you yeah. take the data which i actually try and find the data no such data <laughs> available online like what is 
our Singapore's number of cases compared to the global standard. It could be we are actually less or normal. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. then I again is the clickbaity thing lah. So this thought teach me that mm. next time I won't click on upskirt. headlines anymore yeah. but then I, I also ask questions like mm, mm. what exactly because when actually I, I for third real we have a upskirt uh, character oh. inside like up, yeah so then as in the upskirt uh, perpetrator someone who was yes, taking yes, upskirt yes. oh okay, 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 okay and then and then there's actually some prop video uh, uh, pictures and videos lah. so I yes, actually took yes. a look and I'm like how is this, what's their mental, how is this arousing mm. in any way? How is this, like, why are people doing this? So yeah. I still cannot really get, but according to the internet, it's basically like they do get sexually aroused by it and they, they mm. use it for their own pleasure. Uh, yeah. uh, but y'all also, is it a mental illness or what? Do you, do you have any mm. insight into that? No, I think you, 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 well, you said a lot of things that I think are very interesting. Like. Firstly mm. is, uh, similar to you, I also attracted, I was attracted to this article because of the headliner, right? Turns out to be a man in a dress. And I, I'm, I'm like thinking of it like almost like it was like a sting operation or something where, where it was like a policeman, <laughs> uh, undercover cop or something in a dress. But I think it cannot be why it's like, what? Come, nobody does that kind of thing. Then I realized that it's what it probably was, was a transgender, a transgender individual, right? Mm. So, I mean, this kind of headline, basically, I think in like five years, 10 years time, we're going to look back at headlines and this and realize like it's so clickbaity and it's so, um, it's just, yeah, just not the most pleasant way to talk about, uh, you know, yeah. someone, a transgender individual, right? To, to, to like, oh, it's just a man in a dress. And that's why, uh, that's why, that's what happened. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, like, that's where the nuance of like what you're saying, like, was this, guy that was this man in a dress like was it a transgender individual that we we don't if you don't read the article you might not you might not know or if you don't ask questions you might not know so i don't know it's, it's just um i also felt a little bit embarrassed after that then i realized oh the article is not it's not that kind of comical thing that ends up sounding comical because of the headliner right uh and, and like you said like upskirt thing is a it's a very unpleasant situation I'll not say unpleasant. I think that's an understatement. But it's a very uh, bad thing uh, for someone's privacy to be violated. Mm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, even as a guy as well, I don't know if you've had the experience, right? Where I've been, there was once when I was uh, traveling in the airport in the in, in the US and all, and I was just using the, the bathroom and the, the, the bathroom stall and all that. You know, I, I, you know, then, you know, in the bathroom, there's this, between the doors, there's always these little, uh, little gaps, lah, right? Where it's, it's, they're really tiny, but if you're like, if you're like, uh, standing right up, right next to the gap, you actually can peek into, into the, the hole and all, mm-hmm. And all I see was like, you know, I'm sitting on a toilet bowl, and all I see is suddenly there's this pair of, uh, shoes, a guy wearing a pair of shoes, who's walking up next to my, uh, in front of my cubicle. And then his, his shoes suddenly turn, and then they are like suddenly facing the cubicle. And so I'm, I'm so I, I can actually see the shoes like turn and face the cubicle. And then I look up and I see literally the guy standing at the, at the cubicle there, like putting on his belt and, and like looking straight into the toilet where I'm sitting there, like, you know, with my pants down and all. And, uh, the immediate feeling I got was like this, uh, like confusion. Like, like what the hell is this? Is this, is this guy just 
you know, he does he happen to be turning in this direction and then he happened to look in and, and all, but it's literally like he's standing there staring at me and I'm looking back at him and he's just staring at me very intently. <laughs> no smile, nothing, you know? And um I mean it I mean to to say the least it was quite uncomfortable. Mm. But the then I you know I, I uh, after staring for a while then he turned around and walked off uh, right. Mm. Um but the feeling I got from that was very unsettling. It was very like what just happened, you know, was that was this guy trying to peep at me or or, mm. or was I just looking too much into someone just turning or what? You know, that kind of that kind of feeling that I realized like, oh shit, this is what um women probably go through every other day, like every single day, you know? Mm. A lot of interactions with people are, are of this sort where people just stare at them and you don't know they don't know what intentions of the person or what the person's thinking. Or they mm. they second guess themselves. Was the guy really, you know, staring at me and that way or or, or what la? so mm. it made me realize, yeah, this 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 the idea of, of being stared at or looked at or you know, ogled at all that is a very um something that yeah for guys we might not uh, relate to it or experience it as much. And that's why we, we, we think of it as a very uh, as a more trivial thing. But if that is your day-in, day-out existence, it can be quite yeah. scary. And, and and going to the point you said earlier about what what is it about it that an upskirt video that, that turns people, that, that these guys get turned on by, I think it's that feeling, that, that feeling of, of um, that you are intruding on someone's private space that is very... Mm. Exclusive so, to them and the, all the that. And that's what I like, felt. The, the act of it, it yeah, that, rather than the and, result, mm, as in the reward, right? It's the act yeah, of it and, there is. And, and like how I felt like knowing that you made the other person like feel uncomfortable and all that, right? You know? Really? It, that you've had that visceral effect on, on them. I think that's what that's what these guys are, are going for, that they are mm. intruding on your very private moment, very private space that, that no one else can see. That's what makes them gets them off about it, lah. Uh, I mean, mm. that's my amateur psychology view about it, but but mm. yeah, just just for for me it was like understanding as a how it feels to feel you know like your physical space uh, being violated just by someone seeing you in a very private moment, like, Right? Mm. That to mm. me was like uh, maybe help me better understand uh, why the psychology behind why uh, some of these people do it, lah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I can share something that happened to my wife when I was around. Right? Okay, I'm not mm. mansplaining mm. this. Like. I mean, I, I, the irony that sure, we are sure. two men talking about the victim of an upskirt is, is very apparent to mm. me. But I think I can share this that um, there was once my I was with my wife and she was walking in front of me and then I saw her like basically streak and like, like kind of jerk and run away like yeah. to a corner. And that rarely ever happens to my wife because she's a freaking force of nature. Like she's a warrior, yeah. basically. Sure. And just watching, seeing that, I'm like, what the hell just happened? And I realized that she was flashed, right? Mm. I was flashed by this like uncle. And then mm. I was just in shock. And I realized yeah. that like physically they are at such a huge disadvantage, right? It's not mm. the act of that violation, but also, you know, like when you're in the toilet, there's a good chance that you can fight that guy, you know, yeah. or at least yeah. physically defend yourself. But in yeah. in a female's case, they have to live with the fact that they, they can't do shit, right? Like if this guy yeah. is going to be physical with them, they basically, they are helpless like, in a way, right? Unless yeah, they're yeah, trained. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... I feel they have to live with that as well. And that is even scarier, right? Yeah. To know that you are you are vulnerable. Um, but but the crazy know. part is like you say, fight it back. But technically, you know, the, the, the guy is not physically like putting his hands on you or anything like that, yeah, right? But they could, right? 
They could, like they if could, you yeah. shout or you scream or you or you try and stop him or whatever, he could yeah. physically mm, harm mm. you, and that will let you think to- think twice or stop you from saying anything. Yeah, because of wow. that so do you do you do you uh you were there? So what what was yeah, your I was, reaction to I, the person? You know? I basically okay, so I basically went to the guy and mm-hmm. and I scolded him, <laughs> scolded him, I see, I see. and I asked him what the hell is he doing, and mm. then he, he's obviously. He has some mental issues, lah. I feel he's, mm. he's he's someone that is clearly, clearly not thinking clearly. So yeah. I asked, told him to never do it again. I took out his IC, mm. and then I and then I took a photo of his IC, and then I said like, if I ever see you doing this again, because he was near my neighborhood, if you do, oh, if okay, I ever okay. see you around here again, I'm gonna call the police. Huh? Mm. Yeah. So and then mm. I did see him again. Oh, this is, call, this is, sorry, this was in Singapore or in Taiwan? In Singapore. In Singapore. In Singapore really? okay. Yeah, so I called, I did oh. call the police and okay. then I told the police I got this person's IC and the police said, uh, that's illegal. <laughs> what, wait, what, what is illegal? <laughs> like Taking a photo are, of his IC? Yes, you are not allowed oh, really? to ask people to give out their IC and you cannot oh. take photos of your IC. So I am actually in the wrong. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> then he did, they did investigate the case, but I mean, mm. like, yeah, like, he's basically mentally, uh, mm. handicapped like, in a way so like they, they asked me if I want to press charges or anything but yeah. like, honestly what are you going to do about that mm. it's such mm. a difficult mm. thing right like you want to go through all that and then what lock him up or what and then he's going to come out and then you think he's going to stop because he's not in full capacity right and mm. so yeah and that, that's that's the end of that I mean we are sidetracking but that, that's what happened no no and, and there's also the aspect of like even if you report the police there's firstly well, what will happen but secondly also it kind of means that you kind of prolong the mental torture that you, you, you and your wife have to go through, mm. la, right? Talking about the incident and everything. La, it, right? it was not super traumatic la, for my wife, I feel, because she, mm. she did share with me a couple of experiences. And I think f- almost all female have a couple mm. of experiences like being flashed, yeah. being upskirt, yeah. or, you know, like when they are in the toilet and there's like a pervert and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So to think about it, it's like so common that it's quite scary. La. Quite scary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, not goofy uh, at all. This is not a goofy topic. What the no, hell? No, no. So maybe the goofiness of it is like why the headline mm. felt like uh quite inappropriate like, after we, yeah, we we've yeah, been talking yeah. about this and all. Yeah. But but the the that does that did all these incidences and you know understanding the perspective from your wife and and your, your female friends and all that that does that help you understand why some of these people do it because. It's not always about uh mental illness. Uh. Like literally this mm. guy is he works in a you know in a bank. Yeah. He has a job in uh, in uh Marina One and he's married, he's got a wife and everything. So that we're definitely talking about a normally functioning person and all who has this obsession, uh, right? Two hundred and seventy three mm. videos of his two colleagues, you know. That's yeah. like these are colleagues that you probably eat lunch with and you 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 have friendships with, you've seen their spouses or partners or whatever. But for some reason, something about you know taking upskirt videos or what gets them off. Like, like do you do you, do you think about why that happens? I think about why, but I think it's beyond way beyond my pay grade to <laughs> dissect that and and basically truly understand. And it could it's yeah. p- probably very individual, right? Like whatever mm. happened to them. Or and honestly speaking, I don't judge. Like, okay, let me explain all that. I don't mm. just cut out this part. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, course. like whatever gets you off, gets you off. You know, I have no mm, problem mm, with whatever weird fetish you have, right? And it's not weird, yeah. whatever fetish you have, whatever you like. But I mean, like you have to do it through 
consensual manner, la, right? And and mm. to me, that's the line. La. So if you like upskirt video and your partner is fine with it, or you know, like you get it through proper means, then yeah. I honestly have no qualms about it. Uh, but once yeah. you 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 cross that line, then you you can't like just it's just illegal. It's criminal. La. Yeah, but yeah, do you think? I, I, a, but I, I can't. I can't think of that. I, I can't. Yeah. Phantom the the men, mental mental part of it. Yeah. But you think there's anything to do with uh, you know how they say, uh, shoplifting lah. For example, it's not mm. so much about the whatever is being shoplifted lah. Mm. A lot of it is about the thrill of uh, getting away with something yeah. and not getting caught lah. Yeah. Do you think there's the element for this uh, in terms of like upskirting? Definitely lah. But is that psychoanalysis already? Oh? Yeah. Like what mm. what specifically mm. is are you getting from it? I'm sure there are people who shoplift because they want the. The, the thing, the item, right? yeah, yeah, of course, like yeah, me yeah, when yeah. I was young, when I shoplifted, it's because I wanted that pack of magic card, not because I was I like the thrill. But I'm, I mean, psychologically, we are all okay. Not we are all, but a lot of us are deficient in some areas, right? And mm. and we need to do things to make us feel whole. And mm. I, I think mm. without going into depth, like, this is not my area of expertise. But yeah, it's just they need to do that to 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 soothe a certain part of their. Their, their their emotion psychology and mm, and, and mm. I think that's that's probably the the, the reason yeah. yeah I mm. mean I you know like you say like we we go a lot into the psychoanalysis if we try yeah. to analyze what's going on but but exactly I I think and this is me just going on a bit of a of a limb to talk about it yeah but you know the the there is a certain thrill. Uh, and I'm not. This is not advocating. Personally, you are no, telling no. me you yes. No, no, no. Let me finish. <laughs> let me finish my sentence. There is a certain thrill. There was a certain thrill when when Harish and I, as Ministry of Funny, when we are doing a lot of the on the street videos. You know, oh, those on the street yeah. hidden camera kind. Yeah. Uh, we are not, obviously we're not doing upskirt or anything like. But there was the thrill of like, oh, we you know I have my camera. I'm hiding behind uh, bushes or a pillar, and we're filming an interaction where. One party knows that you know there's a it's being uh it's 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 a part of a bigger uh prank or something like that, and then the other party is sort of you know just interacting normally, getting on with the day la. Um, there definitely was a thrill of like oh you know it's we're capturing a a real slice of interaction between people where, mm. where one doesn't know that they're being filmed and all. Uh, of course, after that, after that, we we will go up to them. We will tell them, explain everything we're doing, and we will ask for their permission. We'll get signed releases. Ah, releases everything. I just want to caveat: we we get releases and all that. Uh, and then if they say they don't want it to be featured, okay, then we're fine. But most of the time, people they they understand what we're trying to do, and it's never we're never doing anything uh like upskirt or nefarious or anything. Mm. So they actually oh, okay, okay, this is interesting. I I don't mind. But but I there is that that. Thrill, uh, definitely of like uh wow. of knowing that what you're capturing is a very authentic uh interaction, authentic slice of how the person uh, really acts in public. Uh. And uh I'm not trying to apply mm. that to something illegal, but I'm just trying to explain how you know on a spectrum there is that that uh the element of the the, mm. the thrill of seeing someone in the in, in a very authentic state. Mm. And that, you know, if you take it to a very uh, ugly extreme is what uh, drives a lot of this kind of behavior like, you know upskirting and, and like you I also wonder eh, is it I, I always read, hear a lot about all these, all these upskirt uh, videos uh, takers in Singapore and all. is it like something in Singapore society where we are very you know so bottled up and uh, mm. cannot access a lot of websites and all that, that we are like that like, you know because I, I don't know is your experience in, in Taiwan do you, Can you feel use, like you uh, VPN <laughs> 
That's true. That's correct. Yeah. Shout out to VPNs. And this VPNs. podcast is brought to you, but no, no, it's not, it's not brought to you by VPN. But yeah, I mean, but in Taiwan, do you, are there all these incidences of... Oh, for sure. For sure. Oh, really? I, I think yeah. this is quite a common societal problem everywhere in the world mm, you know mm, like you know mm. so i i don't have enough de- data to 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 say which country is worse but it seems like japan also has quite a serious problem Correct. with yeah, this yeah, as well yeah. right so it feels like 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 before we started this podcast remember i was saying about like uh. how the society is very warped and 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 we are all forced to live in a very unnatural way and all that yeah. and i think that's that's probably uh has to do with uh, one of the causes like this yeah yeah can i jump jump into another point of view for this sure sure i I have my observation from the the article um do you realize that they completely skip over the part of what happened between the upskirter being uh Mm. identified and the police coming uh skipped over meaning yeah meaning say they say oh they identified the upskirter right the person Mm, the mm, the the the, the criminal and then the police came Mm, right mm, correct, so correct. what happened in between that's what well, that was my question eh? so if, because my next question is that i, I i'm not gonna be upskirt because i don't wear a skirt right? mm, but what if i saw someone mm. up doing taking a video of someone of uh doing the act right so what mm. am i going to do about it the police yeah. is not gonna come in 30 seconds yeah, yeah. so so what should i do it was not being addressed in the article, right? Should I, what, physically detain him? How did they make him not run away? Mm, right, so mm, that's mm. my question. So how should you actually act if you see and act like that? Because that's more important. That's more valuable, right? Because the, I'm sure some people have seen it happen, but just kept quiet and went on with their life. Right? Yeah, because they don't know yeah. what to do. What, what should you do? What do you think we should do? Yeah, yeah. It's a, there definitely is a, I think in Singapore, we always feel like we don't want to uh, be you know you want cause to trouble. cause trouble, uh, uh, overreact cause trouble. to something, and then yeah. even if we see something that we you know in our we're taught and we know in our hearts is is not right. Mm. Um, you know, should we be the ones to call to 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 immediately call the police? Right? Mm. but you know, at the same time, a lot of people call police for everything as well. They weaponize the police. So, so I don't know. It's a it's an interesting question, like, Especially yeah. um in a very crowded place like the like an MRT or, or what, where people bump into each other, people are standing very close to each other. Like, mm. I think there's a lot of second guessing about, you know, is the person yeah. being, uh, uh, you know, a, a bad person or what. But actually, it, it just kind of reminds me of a, a long-standing discussion that Harish and I always have, like, right? Because mm. there was one time Harish and I were taking uh, an MRT and I think it was, uh, I think it was, it was, it was me, like, I think, I noticed that there was this lady who was wearing, uh, I think she was wearing something bareback or what, like, right? You know, which is, fine it's normal as what people wear she was wearing a bareback uh, top or something and it just happened that there was a i think she had left the 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 tag the the like the literal the retail store the shopping tag she left it on the back of the of her shirt like, and she had oh. just worn it and gone out so i think harish and i were, were debating about oh you know should we tell this person because she's literally like right standing about one or two steps in front of us on the escalator mm. and all that like. And we're just having a very long debate about whether we should tell the person la. and and uh, you know uh like live like you guys live. were there. Yeah, yeah, we were there. <laughs> so I think spoiler alert, I think I just like, oh I, I think I just like hey, excuse me, I think the the tag on your on your back is still showing, la, you know. And uh, I think the person was like, Oh, very shocked, la, you know? And then and then 
after that, in retrospect, Harish and I were discussing further and we consulted with our female friends. And then we were like, actually, the better thing to do was in that kind of situation would have been to ask a female, uh, another female person who was there to tell the person, you know what I mean? Huh? Because... Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going back to your point about Singaporean not wanting to to immediately call out something because just in case they we got it wrong. That, that's, the, the, that's the advice that I got. I was that if in that situation you feel like it could, you know, you could be misconstrued as a pervert or as a, or someone who is like being very nosy and all that, rather than be the one to tell the person, maybe you should ask, uh, so you know, another lady the, to do the, it for you. Is it the females that, uh, your female friends that advise you to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was. Oh, really? Yeah. So they would be more comfortable if it were, uh, if it, it was, was a, a female, female, a female so stranger will, than a male stranger. Which means them, they yeah. will rather not have a male stranger tell them that. Yeah. So that's the crazy thing. Oh, really? Was like, if you have food on your face after lunch, like there's a stain on your face or what, wouldn't you want anybody, whoever it is, to quickly tell you, hey, you got oh. something here, please clean it off, wipe it off straight away, right? But apparently, in our Singapore context, I think people feel more comfortable if it was, uh, you know, someone of the same sex or what telling you, like, where wow. not, not so awkward okay. feeling, at, so least, if, at least for the ladies, like, yeah. If you have no access to a female at that time, then you just ignore it, right? Then, yeah, you just... Yeah, ignore it, pretend it didn't <laughs> exist and like let okay, the person okay. carry I, on, you know, looking uh, weird. Yeah. I don't understand that, but I accept it. <laughs> I, I I okay, I won't from now on if that happens to me, I will not say anything. Which yeah, is very yeah, difficult. Yeah. But okay, I it will is. Yeah. It is, yeah, but, interesting. But it, it, it goes back to your point, uh, like you don't want to you don't want to tap in, you don't want to call police. Yeah, but this is a criminal act, you know. Correct, this correct, is like, someone correct, yes, being yes. violated. Like, but yes. are you willing to like I'm sure there's some physical possibility of a physical Fight tussle or, what, right? yeah. or something, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And how are you gonna detain it? If you shout, are people gonna come and help you? I don't know. Correct, I don't correct, know in correct. Singapore if people are gonna do that. So I feel that part actually is what I think will make the article more interesting, right? Like what mm, actually happened mm. and the person that actually had the courage to mm. speak up mm, and, mm, and, mm. and take action, right? That's the star of the article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, feel, actually, yeah. actually they they the I think if you scroll a little below. He did. They did talk about the the how the actions were noticed by a bystander, oh, mm, yeah. uh, Mr. Leong, who I, I don't know why his full name is here. So Leong, uh, Leong Wei Tian. Okay. Yeah. Yes. He he actually saw it and then he followed the upskirt video taker and called the police lah. And then police came and arrested him. Uh, and then and then that person, that bystander Leong, also notified the victim about what happened. And the victim expressed that he felt violated by Tan's actions. Uh. So. Yeah, it's a what what you what you just raised was an interesting question. Uh, like, correct, it was a you know even if it was a man in a dress or something, um, mm. if the if, even if it was not say a transgender person, right? But uh, but as I say just a man who was uh, he's wearing he doesn't have to be wearing a skirt, even shorts. Whoever if you see another man whoever. taking video of a, a a man wearing shorts, right? Um, would you would you report that to police? Mm. Me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would, I would. And, if it was a man on man, man on man, like very clearly a guy taking yeah, a video of another guy. Very clearly I I will. You would okay, okay. Yeah, but if you I can see it really or? sort of Exactly. That's that's something I also I'm trying to figure out. So maybe mm. like the Singapore Police Force, if you are watching, listening to this podcast, can you please yeah. give us the advisory <laughs> of like how to act in such an instant? Because I really think it's pretty common. Mm, mm, right, correct, I think correct. it's really common. So I think an advisory here will be great, and also endorse the podcast. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, but thank you, thank you for that, that shout out to the Singapore Police Force. But yeah, I mean, some kind of like, uh, um, just some you mean infographic or what sort of also informing yeah. men of what their rights are if they feel they feel they're being violated. Ah, la, right? that's not gonna I, happen. I, <laughs> that's what this podcast is about it's about change it's about improvement right oh, but but yeah, yeah. I mean the, the truth is that men can feel violated as well and 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 uh, yeah sometimes it's, it's like what you said like, it's not about um what they're wearing per se but just the when you feel like uh, your 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 personal space is being invaded and that something could happen to you mm. that, that feeling is, is uh, yeah, it's very tough to just shake off and just say hey just Man up, like, be a man. Like even my instance when I, I didn't know what to do with that that person who was peering at me in the toilet either, like, you know? Mm. Yeah, I didn't know if like if I followed him, you know, or called the airport security or something like that. What what, what do I even do, like, right? And that's where it's uh it, it can be very tricky. Like. But yeah. I mean uh yeah. uh if if anybody listening to this has has uh thoughts or personal experiences. I mean I hope nobody has but but you know, if you have uh something that whether, you know, you've seen or you has happened to you and then uh you know adds to whatever we're trying to discuss, please let us know in the subreddit as well. Right. Uh but yes, I think that's the you know, that's uh the two the headlines, the, man. The two headlines we wanted to get through as well. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean the you know to to before before we, we end off with one shooting or you know that I think uh, in the same vein of like uh, being very public about a lot of these things or very personal things being shown in public, right? Uh, you've also had some like uh, media appearances recently, right? On on mm. shows uh, where I think you've uh, opened up quite a bit, a lot about your, your experience as a mm. as an actor in Singapore and all that. And uh, they were quite emotional, right? Uh, specifically, I think uh, there was the show Hear You Out Mm. Where, where you interviewed and, and you talked a little a lot about your your acting experience and all that, right? Mm. Um, you know, like how how does how how the how does uh one uh you know uh how do you thread the line between being so like being so open about your your emotions and and mm. your, and all these things in public as a you know as a public figure, but also needing to keep certain aspects of who you are to yourself, uh? Hmm. I feel like in the past, I've always been, I've never really given much thought to it. In a way, mm -hmm. like I just think that there's nothing to hide, right? So, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm a public figure as in I've chosen to be a public figure. So yeah. I should be as open as I can about anything I want to, I, I should be like, you know, mm. uh, and that has always been my, my, my mode of, uh, uh, acting so far. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do have to admit that recently I've been giving it second thoughts. La. So mm. um I think uh, specifically are the the idea of of uh being, being out so there in public open uh, okay, about okay. my private stuff, la, my private okay. life. La. So I think there there there, there are you can kind of separate it into two things, like mm. being open about your emotions yeah. and being open about your private life details. I mm. feel. Mm -hmm. And and being open about my emotions so far, I don't really have an issue because I think that's universal to a certain standard. And I think there's value yeah. about being emotional about yeah. things. Um, mm. And I, I'm comfortable with it, but I'm an actor, right? <laughs> that's how I make mm -hmm. a living. Mm -hmm. uh, but about being open about my private life, I'm recently having a, I, I do have some 
I'm in the process of digesting, uh, but leaning towards mm. probably you will see me talking about it less, much, mm. much, much, much less. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. It's just maybe the stage of life. Uh, so mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a choice la, eventually. Yeah. I mean, there, there are actors, uh, there are personalities who are completely open, right? Like you know everything yeah. about them and there are personalities that hides every single thing. So mm-hmm. I think it's up to personal preference. There's, there's no, yeah. no real rule about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, even for myself, Mm. Uh, the last few months, you know, there, uh, there have been personal, a lot of personal issues that have happened to yes. me that I would characterize as like the pre- pretty much the worst thing that ever happened to me in my life, lah, right? Mm-hmm. My, my son passed and everything. So, um, there was a very long period where I was like trying to think about, uh, you know, because we do this podcast and we do it so regularly, there's yes. so much that, uh, there's quite a lot of ourselves that we put out there in public, lah, whether we, we want to or not, lah. I mean, literally 350, episodes of talking 250 hours yeah, plus of, of talking like this right Crazy. so a lot of that debate went in my mind is how much of of of, of these struggles and, and these personal things that are going through my mind uh, do I have to and do I want to share with people like, right yeah. um, and I, I think I did talk about it on the podcast was that you know, in the end I decided that that um, I, I would you know, there, there's definitely parts of me that I want to keep private, lah. You know, my thoughts about a lot of things and and um, you know, things that go with my family and all. But at the same time, there are when I was going through these things, uh, as a as a person, I was actually like really seeking out uh, whether it's podcasts or articles and, and things about how other people are dealing with all these difficult issues, lah. Uh, how specifically how other fathers, how other men were dealing with these issues, because I just felt like there there weren't a lot of resources like really for for grieving dads and all. So then I started to find all these small communities on Reddit or Instagram, all that that where people had these experiences, and and it was very um, uh, I wouldn't say comforting, but I guess. Maybe just the thought that I'm not alone in dealing with a lot of these issues in the world, mm-hmm. that people were willing to just share a little bit of how they're feeling and the frustrations that they're facing day to day, just trying to, to, to think through mm-hmm. their issues. It was very helpful to me, la, just knowing that I wasn't but, alone in the world going through it. But, and that's where I felt, mm-hmm. that, that's where it came to me that maybe for me or so, uh, you know, the, the parts that I feel might be helpful for people to hear the, the, then that became the mantra for me to like, okay, what am I willing to share, la, right? Mm. Uh, that that maybe someone else is struggling with certain issues and hearing someone else, hearing that I'm also struggling with it can actually make uh, someone's day better. And that's what made me, mm. uh, okay, I mean, that's where I told Harish, like, yeah, I think uh, it's important for me to actually talk through this and, uh, mm. you know, even just whether it's to the Yalabak community or anyone who comes across this and just understand that this is part of my identity now and this is, I'm changed forever from what happened and, uh, you know, I, it would be completely inauthentic for me to pretend like it didn't happen, you know, just because I I, I want to keep it private or what. Like, and it happened to me and it's just part of who I am and and uh, I just have to explain, at least explain what happened such that people understand that. No? After taking this mm. stance, how, how are you feeling so far? I mean, it has been um, a, a short while. Yeah, I I think uh the the and the, the the big thing for me also in the last few months was that I I uh, I think my wife and I we embraced going to therapy uh, speaking to a therapist, who and I realized it's just about having the space to talk about something to acknowledge your feelings to acknowledge that uh stuff you're going through is real 
uh, it happens. You're not the first person to experience it, but you know, it, and it's gonna it's gonna be a big part of your life. Uh. That that was uh, a big thing for me that um, made me realize, yeah, uh, talking about things is important. Uh. Uh, but how much you reveal of it, it doesn't. You don't have to reveal everything to everyone. You know, everyone that you, everybody you interact with in your life has has a has a different uh, awareness and and impression of you. That means you don't need to explain to every single person what is going on in your mind, your story, and all that. Mm. And it's really it's your own choice, like Really, how much but, of it you want to give to people, no? But that line is so hard to draw. You know what I mean? Mm. Because mm. Yeah, once yeah. you have a movable line, right? It's mm. so easy to just go down that slope and and yeah. keep moving that line because that's what you do already. So yeah, yeah. I I personally am feeling that right now, like. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think I draw my line here. But actually, yeah, this is is this on this side or that side of the line? Maybe uh, let's yeah, push yeah, it yeah. a little bit more. It's fine. So mm. then it gets mm. to a point whereby you don't even realize it. Like, oh, you're just talking even before you really sit down and ask yourself if this is something that you want to share mm. at all, mm. right? So yeah, I, 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 I'm also in the journey of, of um, understanding that. That's why I, I, yeah. I also wanted to see where you are. Yeah, but but that, that's that's a good point. Uh, that sometimes uh, it end up it's other people who are pushing that line yeah. for you, and, uh, right? And they push and they yeah. push and it's and not push, yeah. because once they also don't know where the line is already, right? So yeah, once yeah, it's blurred, they can get quite aggressive and insensitive. Mm. So I, I'm also mm. wary about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm. yeah, it, it's a it's. I admit it's not a like I'm not in a you know like like oh, I know exactly how to deal with all these issues and all, mm. but it's a definitely a a lot more where I I just go by you know how I feel about it in the moment like, If yeah. I don't feel like talking about it, I just mm. you know guys, I'm just I I I'm just not something I want to, to touch on mm. at this point or what lah you know. Mm. And then a lot of I think there have been even you know people reached out to me hey, you know let let's meet up and talk about it or I'm like you know. Uh, not not really looking forward to talk about it at this point. Because mm. uh, I think it's, it's uh, yeah, people, not everyone knows how to hold that space for someone else to talk very well. It's all, so hard. La. I mean, like, like when I talk to Haresh, sometimes like you are not in yet or something, right? I chat mm. with Haresh. He, even he admitted telling me that like he is also, it's also difficult for him to find that line. And he's so close mm. to you. Right, yeah, and even yeah, he correct, doesn't. Yeah. He has to like, oh, what's the amount of space yeah. that is the right? Why, why, oh, you know? So it is yeah. difficult, like, It is difficult. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's a matter of I don't feel like uh, I don't want to 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 you know, put a crimp in someone else's day by talking about a very sad issue. You know, there's almost I feel like sometimes I I need to manage the emotions of people when I talk ah, to them. No, as well. I mean, if we are, if you are, if it's like a close friend. And sure, sure, yeah. your friend then for 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 sure. I mean mm. yeah, for sure, for sure. But, Even, but definitely mm. you definitely you would also feel like you don't sometimes you don't want people to 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 like let I mean let's say if mm. it's someone's uh, birthday or something like that, you don't want to go there and they're like, okay, now let's talk about you know sad things that happen to me, you know, that kind of thing. There there are that, that those emotions that happen yeah, as well, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I guess it's tech long, right? Like yeah, like, yeah. like the last time when we when we talk after a long while, then I'm like, yeah. Hey, are you okay? <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 like yeah. you also like kinda have to gauge yeah. um on a case by case basis, like, right? I, yeah, I, in correct. a way. Which is not easy for I think most people won't have the capacity to actually gauge that. That, that yeah. space space, yeah. 
Yeah. But I mean, so, yeah. so for you, like, um, mm-hmm. it's just basically a process now of like, uh, you're sort of recalibrating, like you're saying, yeah, about yeah. how I mean, much you want to share and, and, and all that. I, I feel like with, with once you're in the with your, your public figure, you are constantly recalibrating because you are mm, always mm. changing and growing and, and, and consuming different content and thinking about stuff. But I feel like I'm in the midst of a big recalibration. Yeah. Mm, okay, mm. okay. Mm. But I, I think I think uh uh, one one thing that's always been been like quite a constant threat in in your media appearances and all your social media, or even just talking to you on this podcast, all this, I think you, you you've always been very helpful to share a lot of uh, ideas with people, like whether it's about the creative line or, or even just you know mm-hmm. thoughts about being a parent and all these kind of things. You've always been very helpful to share, and I think that's what uh, people gravitate towards, lah. This this mm-hmm. this openness, this frankness, and this this willingness to learn and and to also share. Uh, ideas about things, oh. so so I think it's a uh, you know as you calibrate that aspect of things, it's 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 worth it's worth uh keeping the back of mind or so la. Oh, thank yeah. you. Okay, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. okay. I I see where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Thank but, you. But uh, no. yeah, Karen, Karen, yeah. what do you say? No, 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 no. I'm just trying to tell Harash that I see you hear that you're getting dethroned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I yeah, it's uh. It's a yeah. It's it's not an easy thing, like Even myself, yeah. like, I I I also am learning how to okay, you know, like what just to understand the, the mood in your room and the space and how much to talk and how much to hold back and listen to people talk and all. Even for us, like, yeah, when we interview, say ministers or something, you know, we get a lot of feedback. <laughs> hey, you know, you guys should have pushed him further and all these things. But a lot of times, I it's it's a bit of a. It's a dance, right? You can't. Yeah, 100%. you can't just be when leading a discussion. Doesn't mean you just pull the person and twirl them around and, and everything. You kind of got to react to each other and all. So, mm. so it's uh, something that we're also trying to learn and improve I, on. As I well, also like. think it's it's your core and your pillar, right? Which mm. I think is why, uh, like I'm a fan of your podcast, right? And I actually I'm the one that volunteered. Like, hey, if you need a replacement, uh, like, yeah, I, yeah. I can help, right? So I'm the sh- one shamelessly saying, not because I got mm. nothing to do, but because. I feel like there is something important here. Like there's a, yeah. there's a voice and that you guys have always been true and, and your actions have proven it all the way since MOF times mm. YouTube channel time. Right. And it's been very clear. And I think more than the dance is also yeah. that who you guys are as a core and mm. you guys don't move away from that. I think it's what keeps you authentic, sincere, and 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 that's that should be your guiding light, lah. And don't listen to anybody mm. else. Like just what you and Harish, uh, um, um, feel. I, I think you guys have a good consensus. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, mm. man. Wow. This uh, this powerful endorsement there. We're gonna like, <laughs> we're gonna, like this. This is gonna be like people gonna say, "Oh, this is a puff piece by Andy." Puff piece by Andy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said I transfer uh, over the payment later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think this. Uh, definitely, we will be. You still be seeing a lot about of Andy. Uh, you know whether on the big screen or small screen or, or on your social media. And all. But uh, if you want, if people want to like really get a slice of uh Andy Chen in the next mm. month to a year, like where should they be looking for you? Um, if you want to look at my work and stuff like mm. my Instagram I've stopped posting more personal stuff but okay. uh, I still talk about my work and the things that I'm passionate about there mm. uh, that, but if you if you want to know what I'm thinking 
you can go to my Twitter, but it's very weird. Mm. I warn you. Lah, because I use my Twitter in a way of taking notes yeah. of something yeah. or like when I'm trying to figure out something. And, and taking notes, I, uh, that means like 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 you're in a meeting and then you're For like example, tweeting. no, no, no. Like when I'm reading something or when ah, okay, I, okay. when I hear something from someone and I mm. and that's it strikes me, yeah. then I will write it down to keep note. So I actually do my Twitter, I write it for myself. So mm. I sometimes go back and, and take a look at like, okay, the past week, what are the things that caught my attention? And yeah. like figure when if I'm trying to figure something out, like logically, oh, like okay. is my line of chain of thinking logical? Like, mm. why do I come up with this statement? Then I will try and break it out and type it out and then I'll post yeah. it on Twitter. So, and sometimes like quotes from things yeah. I've read. So yeah. in a way, it's not very polished. See, but if you are interested in what, how my mind is working, the weird way it's working, then I think you can use Twitter because I have no stress with Twitter, yeah. right? Like I don't have a lot of following there and mm. I basically, you can tweet all you want and it won't flood anybody. So I, yeah. I, that's how I, I use it right now. Yeah. Uh, so why why specifically Twitter of of all places to to do this though? Because like you just, mean you could take notes you could take notes on a just in private notes app, but you mm, want to put it on Twitter for a reason, I suppose. I think I I think there is a value of it being okay. I won't say it's a value of it being public, but mm. that's a good question. Let me think. Why why do I make it public? Right, that's the question. Mm, right? mm. I think probably there's a part of me that wants to be understood. Mm, Probably. Okay. Uh, and then maybe maybe that is a way of me trying to let people actually see mm. what I am, who I am and what's going on in my head. Mm, Probably that's the reason. That's a good question. I, I need to think more about that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's something there's something there for sure. Yeah. I see I see I see the parallels with uh uh, you know, we we uh, when we were building our audio uh, podcasting service called Folklory, mm. uh, one thing we decided was we were going to every week we would uh, release a newsletter about the process of building the business. Uh. It's it's a part of a movement called Build in Public, mm. where basically you put everything out there about your successes and failures as a startup, mm. uh, all the ugly warts and all the good parts and the bad parts. You just put it out there in public and you talk about what you're learning from it as you do it. Uh. Mm. Um, and for us, it's been quite uh, interesting in the sense that we literally have a have a meeting every week where we where it comes up like okay, what's what was good and what was bad. Mm. So it's kind of forced us to like okay, every week we rather than just whether focus on the bad things or what, can we think of something that was good that happened this week to, mm. to the to the business and all that and to what we did well that. And and also put we also just put our KPIs out there so that it's wow. all public uh, that if wow. we you know this is what we're aiming towards and uh you can Damn. help us or you can just follow Fluff us and understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly so i, I thought it was such a refreshing way to to you know you know how like a lot of startups are oh stealth mode and we don't reveal mm. this and we don't reveal mm. that for us it's literally okay we're trying to do this we're going to make a lot of mistakes but uh if you are interested in the process and and, and mm. maybe it might be helpful for you even if the this thing doesn't work out like yeah, do, do follow and just check it out. Lah. So maybe in that sense, it's a, like a, quite a build in public for your for your own, uh, you know, the questions no, in your I think mind there's and everything. Something, so, after you ask that question, I, I do think there's something egotistical about it that I need to mm. re-examine also. Um, yeah, this this maybe this need to be understood maybe. Yeah, I, 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 there's mm, something mm. to be to be re-examined for sure. But 
yeah, it's a it's an interesting question. Uh. Mm-hmm. But okay, to to so to uh, as always, we always end on a very lighthearted note with a uh, one shock thing. And Andy, what is your one shock thing? Uh, this morning, just before our podcast uh, recording, yeah. my my wife is uh, watching Netflix outside, and uh, mm. she was watching Good Will Hunting. Okay, which is something I watched when it released back in I think early 2000s or something 90s mm, mm, and then yeah. I remember I, I, I liked it then uh, yeah. but I knew I knew that I there was a lot I couldn't get la, as I grew older yeah. right because it is not an easy it is a very deep uh, piece of work so yeah. like when I was watching like snippets like, scene by scene like I just it was such it's so it's so good la. it's a masterpiece mm. and you know uh, not just I mean Robin Williams yeah, he's that's one of the best performances I've ever watched in any film in mm-hmm. my whole life, right? And then not just that, even like Matt Damon and everybody in that film, and just the yeah. directing and everything. The script was just, wow! It just makes me so thankful that, that we can mm. I can watch watch a product like that, and it held, holds up after so long, mm. so long. Yeah, it's on Netflix, so go watch it. Yeah, wow, mm. awesome man! Like, yeah. is that is it like uh, is it something that you is that is there a certain movie or anything that you regularly watch to inspire yourself? Like, are there any, are you, do you have something that you always watch or listen to to inspire yourself? I, I don't know whether it's age or not, but me and uh. my wife, like right now, there is a certain, I realize there is a certain truth about uh, film and television content, which is very mm. apparent from the performance. Right. Mm. So, and usually the performance is determined, the tone and the whole thing is determined by the director or the producer. Right. So, mm. like, you just need like three seconds of a film to know whether it's something I'm going to like because whether it's truthful mm. or not, like, or whether it's just a entertaining piece, like, which they yeah. have their place. But I find myself being very attracted to just very truthful, uh, productions, uh, mm. of late. Yeah. I see, I see. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, you? No, I mean, for, for me, yeah, like, like uh, one, one recent movie that I, I caught again was uh, Interstellar. Oof. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, and then it, it was, I think it's about, it's about eight years old. Already. The movie is about eight years old. Mm. But to think about like a movie like that, that is just about, uh, it is really centered on a, you know, a father's relationship with his, his daughter and mm. what the, the lengths to which he'll go to try and, you know, get, get back to her uh you know and and then that whole idea of like going to space and playing with space time all i you know this crazy idea kind of movies i don't know if they they still exist in hollywood anymore like because you know everything is now superhero franchise movies and all so so that the, this one-off ideas that they exist as one movies and they're just like it blows my mind that that was just eight years ago it wasn't even that long ago and yeah. But we already those these kind of movies are so rare, you know, like big budget, uh, you know, big adventure, mind bending kind of show. So yeah. it, it did inspire me a lot about like uh, that. You know, we sometimes in life we only have this window to to really execute on something that we believe in, uh, and, and you just got to do it while you can, uh, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Christopher Nolan, uh, so the odds of it happening again is. It's still there, la. <laughs> like, still there, still there, He's yeah. gonna make crazy, crazy stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. that everybody will Correct. watch. Um, Correct. but I, I, I can share. I also heard recently, sure. um, from I think it's uh Casey Neistat on which mm. role 
podcast, mm. right? He 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 said there was a line that he said like the the gateway to film and television production is so much lower now. It's so yeah. easy, right? Everybody can make a YouTube video. Everybody can make a video. Everybody can make film, make content. Mm. But it feels mm. like the high great quality content, right, is getting mm. lesser. Yeah. So the overall yeah. volume is increasing, but the good content is actually decreasing. I think that's mm. a lot for mm. us to think about as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah, I think mm. someone was uh just reflecting on the like if you spend an hour on TikTok, the the first ten minutes are fantastic. The algorithm <laughs> is feeding you the best shit. But if you think about the last ten minutes of the hour they spend on TikTok, wow. the quality is so different from the first ten minutes. So it just tells you that there, there there's only there isn't that there's a lot of content, yeah. but not not all of it is great. And yeah. and there's still a lot of room for great content to come forward. La. And you can yeah. never only spend 10 minutes on TikTok. That's a, that's a lie. That's a myth. It's a lie. <laughs> 10 minutes, I only just got through like maybe five cannot, dance videos. Or cannot, something. No way. No way you'll spend yeah, 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Great, great. Uh, but yeah, yeah, actually speaking of spending a lot of time into something, my mm. one shock thing is something that I'm going to come with, it's going to come with a warning. La. It's a game that is, was released in October on the PC and recently it came on the Xbox and uh it's uh, it's super addictive. It's the kind of like game that you never expect you to spend like hours and hours on it. But uh, it's a game called Vampire Survivors. I just came across it last weekend because I saw someone was recommending it on Reddit and then I just tried it and uh, yeah, it got me hooked for at least a few days, lah, right? Damn. Where it was like, you can, you just end up spending from what you think is just 15 minutes then it becomes an hour then it becomes 2 hours 3 hours 4 hours right. so, so I just get coming with a warning that it's uh it's very fun it's very addictive but Ooh. only do it if you can afford the time Vampire Survivor Vampire Survivors yeah it's such a crappy games. name such a crappy know, name though. crappy <laughs> name you look at it it's like what the hell what kind of Castlevania like you know Super Nintendo graphics are this but uh. the the whole thing is just is made to for you to just sink into oh, and just shit. lose hours out. So I, it comes with a warning that at, at one point I was like, oh my God, this is, this will, I will end up drowning in this if I continue doing it. So I mm. told myself, okay, don't touch it for, you know, for a while until, my, you know, until at least I get my shit yeah. done and all. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Another cool. topic for another day, but like <laughs> tech is Addiction. developing way beyond our capability or willpower already. Yeah, way, yeah, way beyond. Exactly. Yeah, just, exactly. We, are, we are helpless and hopeless against them. Yeah. yeah. It's TikTok or games, yeah. the algorithms that just yeah. perfect. I don't know. They're perfect just really. Impossible. So don't <laughs> even try. Just just don't even yeah. don't even. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. But cool. Thanks. All right, man. Thanks so much wow. for doing this, Andy. It's a very anything. long podcast. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Yeah. We got through awesome. a very uh, deep, 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 dark topics and big mm-hmm. issues in this podcast. All right, but uh, yeah, we will hopefully see you again uh, yeah, not too long from now, sure. la, especially sure. and with Harish back as well. Then we have mm-hmm. the, then at least the racial mix a bit more reflective of <laughs> Singapore society. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, but for cool. sure. Thank All you right. for having me, man. Thanks, yeah. everyone. All right, thank you, everybody.